Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully, and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. Welcome. So today we're going to be discussing homeschooling with a baby. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Gemma Elizabeth and I am the founder of Our Muslim Homeschool and the mum of three kids and I homeschool here in the UK. And this is a weekly broadcast that I do here on Instagram and on Facebook where my hope is to inspire mums to live with purpose and intention and to raise their children mindfully and to empower mothers everywhere to own their lives and to thrive doing it. And so this broadcast, just like all the previous ones, will be uploaded onto my YouTube channel um, and onto my blog, OurMuslimHomeschool.com, inshallah, after we finish here. So if you want to go back and review it, if you're having a bad day and you want to see this video again, you know where to find it on my blog or my YouTube channel. Um, and make sure if you have any friends who might benefit from hearing what we have to say today, then share it with them, share it on your WhatsApp group, share it in your, I don't know, your Facebook page, or you can tag them, you can tag them right now on Instagram. I think if you swipe, um, you can tag your friends' names and they can join in this video now. And on Facebook, you can just tag them in the comments. And as we go along, please comment, please join in the conversation. Let me know what you're thinking as we go along. Let me know your thoughts. It's so much more enjoyable for everybody when we have a conversation. So if you have something to say, just say it. Type it in the comments and let's have a conversation. And of course, if you have any questions, type them in as well and I'll make time at the end for questions. So the problem, the topic of today's conversation, homeschooling with a baby. This is a common, a very common question I get asked about. And the, the reason that I'm doing this video actually is because maybe about a week or two ago, somebody messaged me and her message just broke my heart really. It was saying that, you know, she just had a baby. I think her baby was four months old and she's got a five-year-old and a six-year-old. And she wants to homeschool them. She wants to homeschool them, you know, educate them at home in the way that she's imagined, but she's just so tired. She's just so exhausted and she can't physically do it. And she's just filled up with this guilt and these emotions and she doesn't know what the right thing to do is. Should she send her children to school? Should she keep going? She doesn't know what the right thing to do is. And I think it struck a chord with me because I've been in that situation. I've been in that place a few times where I have a baby and I also have the responsibility of homeschooling. And so I want to talk about that today. And just last night, I got another sister who sent a very similar message to me. So I know this is something that we're all dealing with or a lot of us are dealing with or have at some point. Welcome, salam. I'm so happy that you're here from Sri Lanka. Mashallah. Okay, so... Homeschooling with a baby, I think we're all um, in some way or form guilty of making assumptions, of jumping to extremes and inevitably that leads to putting limitations on ourselves. So let me give you an example. We, a lot of us will see things as black and white, good and bad, all or nothing and we forget that there are an infinite number of shades of grey in between those two extremes. 
And so the same principle can apply when we're talking about homeschooling. We have this imagined dream, and maybe for some of us it's a reality, especially when we have older kids, that homeschooling is, you know, when you sit around a table, you sit around the kitchen table, and everyone's learning from books and workbooks, or maybe making a project, and that is how we see homeschooling. And if we're not achieving that, then we go to the other extreme, that we are failing, that somehow we're not doing what we're supposed to, and we should send our children to school. Now, I am not for any minute going to tell you that you should homeschool. I'm also not going to tell you that you should send your kids to school. But what I want to, to talk a little bit about now is all the possibilities for learning that go in between um, those two extremes. It's not black and white. There are so many possibilities for learning and things that you can do at home with your children when they are little or that you can do when you have a baby at home that are still effective ways of teaching, effective ways for them to learn, and for some kids, actually more effective than bums on seats with a book. Uh, and I've talked about this before, about getting out of that mindset that homeschooling has to look a certain way. So in this discussion, I'm going to go into two, there's going to be two parts. The first part is for those of you who are in survival mode. For those of you who have just had a baby, maybe they're less than six months old or around about there, and you're literally just surviving. You're just trying to get enough sleep, trying to eat, trying to make sure everyone else eats. You're just doing the bare minimum, the necessary to get by. So that is the first part of this discussion. And then we're going to move on to the second stage, which is when you've moved past that survival mode a bit. You can see the glimmer of a routine maybe forming. You know, there's maybe there's some hope on the horizon that things are going to get back to normal, but they're not quite there yet. So that's going to be the second part. And what we talk about here actually really applies for those of you who might be pregnant, because I know pregnancy can be really tough for some women. Um, so if you are pregnant, this might, this might be really relevant for you. So you've just had a baby. It's hard. Whatever anyone tells you or makes you feel, it's hard work and it's hard. And yes, we are grateful. We're so grateful for it and it's amazing and it's wonderful, but it's really hard and your body needs time to heal. Your emotions need time to heal. Especially for those of you who may have had a traumatic pregnancy or a traumatic delivery, you need time before you even begin to consider going back into homeschooling to recover and to recuperate. Um, you know, one of my pregnancies and deliveries was very traumatic. And I think it's a bit taboo to use that word trauma in relation to having a baby. But there is a trauma, whether it's physical healing that needs to take place or emotional healing. Many of us have suffered from some kind of trauma when it comes to having a baby. And your body needs time. Before you even think about homeschooling, your body needs time to heal. Hippocrates, everybody I hope knows Hippocrates, the very, very famous ancient Greek physician said, healing is a matter of time, but it's also a matter of opportunity. So what if I told you that after giving birth, you don't go back to homeschooling, you don't even think about it, but use that time as an opportunity to heal. Now, many of you will be like, yeah, okay, I accept that. I know that after I have a baby, I have to take some time off. Of course, Gemma, like, I know you have to take time off after you have a baby. 
So you take your time off, but you're in that break you've given yourself. And then somewhere along the line, you start to feel guilty. You start to feel guilty about the state of your home or the state of yourself or about your other kids, like you're failing your other children. Something, a piece of advice that I want to give you in that situation is when I look back at my time with a newborn baby, I feel regret because I wish I'd taken longer. I wish I'd taken longer off and I wish that I had been less worried and felt less guilty because when you worry and you feel guilty, you can't be present and enjoy that very, very special time, that precious time that is so fleeting. That newborn stage just goes and when it's gone, you never get it back. And that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking when you're at a stage like me and you're probably not going to have any more kids. And you look back and you realize you should have been more present at that time. And I know it's easy for me to tell you mums now, you know, oh, don't worry, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. When you're in the thick of it, I know it's hard. But just bear that in mind as we go into this talk, that as somebody who's been through that three times, I wish that I had been more present felt less guilty and been less worried and really focused more on just enjoying that time as best that you can. I don't want you to look back and regret things and you don't need to rush back into school. So <clears throat> one way that you can feel less guilty about taking a break when you have a little baby is to think about it this way. Not only do you need a break, not only do you need time to readjust and, uh, and heal, but your children, your other children, need time too. They need time to readjust. This is a huge thing for them that has just happened. And it doesn't need to be traumatic for them, but they still need to take time to readjust. They're having to deal with a new family dynamic. They're having to deal with having to share their mum. They're having to deal with new noises and new things coming into the house. Maybe you've changed the arrangement of things in the home. Their routines have gone out the window. You need to give them time too. And if that's a way for you to feel less guilty about taking a break, then use that. Because they do need time. They have their emotions. They have their needs that need to be, um, to deal with. They need to deal with that change in their life. So you give them time, you give them time to adjust. And as you give them time to adjust to these changes, do you know what happens? They start to find positive lessons in, with the new baby and you will find positive lessons too. So that's another way that you're gonna feel less guilty about taking time off because positive lessons are being learned by your children. And what do I mean? I mean lessons that they can't learn from a book, that they're never gonna learn from a workbook, from their homeschool curriculum, like, they're learning firsthand with their own senses about the creator. They are, this is an opportunity for them to be completely in awe of what God can do. This new baby is the beginning of so many possibilities. This is a time of wonder for them. Give them the time and the space that they need to dwell on that. That is a lesson worth having. They're learning to take care of the baby maybe, if they're a bit older, they're learning to take care of their mum. 
they're learning to take care of themselves. This is a great opportunity for you to allow them some independence. And with a little bit of independence, they can gain huge strides. They can take huge strides in their own confidence. And this is also an opportunity to learn about charity. Um, you know, when you're pregnant, you just had a baby, you might have people coming to the home and bringing you food, people helping out. You might, your children themselves might help out. This is an opportunity to see charity firsthand. You're modeling to them how to deal with adversity, how to deal with hard times, how to deal with life and be patient when you've had next to no sleep, when, you know, when you're having a hard time, you are modeling to them how to deal with adversity. And that will stay with them forever, for the rest of their lives. These are lessons worth having. So don't feel guilty about the fact that they haven't got to their maths workbook or they haven't read the next book in their, I don't know, reading scheme. These are valuable lessons that will form good character. These are lessons that not only form good character in them, but good lessons in ourselves as mums. And we are told time and time again in Hadith about the importance of character and manners. So Abu Huraira said that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, if one has good manners, one may attain the same level of merit as those who spend the night in prayer. Abu Huraira said that Abu al-Qasim, the Prophet, peace be upon him, says, the best among you in Islam are those with best manners, so long as they develop a sense of understanding. The best of you in Islam you're giving your children those lessons, subhanAllah. So don't worry about the maths book or the history. Think about the lessons they're learning and be patient with yourself and be patient with them and with life. You know, there's great wisdom in this time that you have with your children right now and with your baby. They're getting so many lessons. They're getting time to readjust. There is a time for everything, you know. There's a time for the five prayers. There's a time when we plant the seeds, when the seeds grow. There's a time when it flowers. There's a time when we harvest. There's a time when the sun rises. There's a time when the sun sets. There's a time for work and there's a time for rest. There's a time to homeschool. And so what if now, instead of thinking that this, that you should be homeschooling now and feeling guilty, you think of this as a time of rest? This time when you've just had your baby, before you're getting any routines in place, when you're just in survival mode, this is a time to rest and heal for you as mum and for the whole family. So be present now. Be present with what you have now. Um, it's hard to be grateful. I know it's hard to be grateful when you're exhausted and there is, you know, chaos ensuing. But just remember that those of us who've been through it, we regret the fact that we were not more present and that we were not, um, that we didn't take the time to realize how precious it was. So you've got through this survival stage. Now I'm gonna say about six months because that was my experience. Um, I took maybe between four and, no, maybe I took only four months off and I regret that, like I said before, I think I should have taken more than four months off. But um, for, for different people, it will be different. So depending on your family situation, you might feel ready to get going before, I don't know, before four months, maybe at three months. You only want to take three months off. You've already got a routine established. You've all, your baby's already sleeping through the night. If your baby is sleeping through the night at three months old, I want to know your secret. But anyway... Or maybe you're nine months old. Maybe, you know, you're still in survival mode and your baby's nine months old or nearly a year. 
Okay, this is different for everybody, but you're out of that initial survival stage. You've had time to readjust. You can see the light on the horizon. You can see normality beginning to seep back into your life, but you're not quite there yet. This is where we get into that idea of um, releasing those expectations of what homeschooling should look like, should look like. It doesn't have to be bums on seats. It doesn't have to be everyone sitting around a kitchen table or sitting at a desk. There are other options. So let's, what if I suggested to you that you move past that ingrained idea that you've taken, that you've, you've taken from somewhere, that learning has to be done at a table, at a desk with a book. What if there were other options? Um, now don't get me wrong, you know I love books, but there are other options that can be effective. So I'm going to talk now about a lot of different things that you can do, practical things. All these links that I'm going to mention now will be on the blog post, which will be uploaded um, along with this video this afternoon. So don't rush, don't worry about getting all the names of the links down and all the discount codes I'm going to give you. They will be on the blog later on and I'll announce when that's live. If you're on Facebook, I've put as many of the links as I can with this video, as well as the discount codes. And full disclosure, there are some affiliate links in those. So let's talk about alternatives to bums on seats and books for learning. And this is for that stage where you are beginning to think about homeschooling again, but you're not quite ready for the usual routine. Screens. Very um, controversial topic, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be straight with you. Screens are not the enemy. Okay, Screens are just a man-made thing. It's how you use those screens that can be problematic. The issue with screens is two, two things, time and content. So if you can give your child a screen, iPad, TV, whatever, and you're comfortable that they're not having an excess of time with that screen and that the content is suitable, is appropriate, that is not harming them in any way, then go for it. Give them that screen and watch things with them that are useful and beneficial. Watch documentaries together. You know, sit with them and watch documentaries on nature or history or science, something that is educational, beneficial to them. But the key thing is there, I would really recommend that you watch it with them. Because two things. First of all, you, not all documentaries are equal. Some might have things in there that you're not comfortable with. So if you're sitting there with them, you can quickly pause it or fast forward or whatever. If something comes up that you feel like is not appropriate for your child's age or maybe they're very sensitive, whatever it is, you will learn, you know, which documentary producers are better than others. The next thing that is important why you should sit there with them, if you can, is that when the documentary is finished, I want you to ask them for a narration. Now, that just means you talk about it. Just talk about it afterwards. Now, this idea of narration is a Charlotte Mason coined term, and it just means telling back. Um, and then when a child, excuse me, when a child tells you back what they heard, a lot of things are going on in their brain. They're assimilating all the information they just heard. They're ordering it. They are working out how to phrase it themselves, how to express themselves. And then they say it. They're learning self-expression. And also we know when you teach something, it helps you to learn it yourself. It helps you to retain it. So typically when we think of Charlotte Mason and narration, we think of somebody reading a book. And you read the book and then the child narrates back. It can work for documentaries too. So imagine yourself, you're sitting in front of your TV and 
you have you're nursing your baby or you're rocking your baby to sleep and your kids are watching a documentary that is learning don't feel bad about that that is amazing but try and get that discussion going afterwards um i prefer to have like documentaries on the tv because it means everyone can watch it once and we can have that discussion it's a bit harder to have it when it's just on an ipad or um you know a smaller screen a laptop or something so for documentaries i would recommend youtube but like i say you know the quality and the content varies between channels on them i would also recommend amazon prime we have amazon prime we have one of those i think it's called a fire stick you put it in the back of your tv um and then you can get amazon prime on your tv um if you've got a smart tv it's already on there i expect i think netflix has a ton of documentaries i don't use netflix myself i can't comment but i hear it's great for documentaries so there's lots of options out there um the next thing oh the topic the topic is homeschooling with a baby sister well thank you for joining us so the next thing i want to talk about is um you're still on screens but maybe it's not documentaries what about the concept the idea of using online educational sites with the rise of homeschooling and it becoming ever increasingly popular um there are more and more educational sites available so for younger kids i would recommend reading eggs i've used that with all three of my kids uh, i love it i think it's excellent quality they do have a four week free trial on right now as well if you want to try it out math seeds that's made by the same people as reading eggs it's great it's not as good as reading eggs if i'm honest but for young kids and for maths i think it's the best out there both you have to pay but there are free trials on for older kids if you're looking for an online math program for older kids i recommend ctc math now remember all of these links i'll put on the blog later so don't freak out don't worry that you can't write everything down it'll all be there for you later on so ctc math is great the way they work is they give you a video somebody teaches a concept and then you go away and practice it if you're looking for something free for maths khan academy is great so that's khan academy and they do maths they do science they do they do a ton of subjects but it tends to be for older children although they are starting to introduce things for younger and younger kids now and that again it's watching a video and doing some practice because it's free there's not as much as many resources and as many opportunities for practicing but it's a great place to start if you're looking for something completely free for science online educational site for science i love mystery science and again they have a free option where you get a limited access for free and then if you like it you can upgrade to the full one i like mystery science particularly if you have a uh, more than one kid if you have more than one child i love it because what happens is there's a video and the videos are really well made actually and then the the teacher actually teaches the subject he poses questions he gets you to have group discussions and there are experiments or crafts to do afterwards mystery science is something that your children can do independently when you've got a little baby something that you can set up for them to do and they're learning something worthwhile um and the only thing they might need help with is the experiment at the end but not all of them have experiments if you don't want them to um if you want to know more about screen time the damaging effect the the issues with time and content why it's problematic i would recommend a book by sue palmer i'd recommend any of the books by sue palmer really but this toxic childhood is her most famous book so if you want to know more about uh the 
the, the negative side of screens and educate yourself on what is okay and what isn't, I would recommend that book. Now, some of you may not be comfortable with screen time, which I completely understand and I respect. So, another option is audiobooks. I, I think audiobooks are very underrated and very underused, but they're so such a great resource when you have a little baby and you want your children to benefit. I think that that's great, Gemma. Yeah, please do rewatch from the beginning. I'm so glad you're here. So, audiobooks are, have been shown in studies to be as good as reading, like a regular book. Now, what I mean by as good as, if you test a child or an adult's comprehension of a subject, when they have listened to the book compared to when they've read the physical copy, their comprehension is the same. I will link um, a, an article from Time magazine that, that explains those trials if you're interested. The only time that um, the comprehension was less with an audiobook was when people were multitasking. Because that's, that's the common thing, isn't it? You listen to something, and while you're listening to it, you're doing something else. So that's worth bearing in mind. If you're going to have your children listen to audiobooks, have them um, do activities that don't take up a lot of concentration. So maybe like Play-Doh or um, drawing, sketching, Lego, something like that that isn't going to take up a lot of brain power so they can really listen to the content. Now, audiobooks. Where do we get audiobooks from? My, we get all our audiobooks, well, almost all of them, from Audible. If you're not already on Audible, what I suggest you do is sign up for their free trial. That's free to sign up, and you get one book for free. If you're in America, you get two books for free. I don't know why they get two in America, but anyway, you'll get at least one book for free. Then you can try that book out on your kids and see if audiobooks are going to work for your children, if they engage with it, if the family dynamic supports it. Yeah, that's right, Gemma, it's great for the car. I love using audiobooks in the car. Um, and if you're at home with a baby, you don't want to put the TV on. Audiobooks are fantastic. So, and it's a great way of getting um, educational material, uh, for them to learn educational material. You can get audiobooks on all things. It's not just literature. A lot of living books now are becoming available that have um, that are available in audiobook form. You know, science, geography, you name it. And there's a ton. So if you're not already on Audible, I'd suggest you sign up for the free trial. Get that free book. If you don't like it, if it doesn't work, you can just cancel your subscription and you still get to keep that audiobook. Um, or obviously, if you don't want to sign up, you can still buy the book separately. Sometimes they works out a little bit more expensive that way, though. Um, and you've seen probably already that I have been raving about the audio series of Sira um, by the Quantum Chronicles. And what I love about this, this audio series is called A Year with the Prophet. We love it. It's, it's not what you would expect. It's about a boy who travels back in time. As soon as you put a time machine in any book, the kids are going to love it. Am I right? So there's a time machine. They go back in time. And this, this boy decides to visit the prophet, peace be upon him. And he witnesses his life. And he tells you back what he hears, what he sees. He, he describes it. It's wonderful. Um, I do have a discount code for that if you're interested. It's OMHOMESCHOOL15. And that'll get you 15% off. All these links and everything will be in that blog post I talk about. So there's, you can get Sarah. Fantastic. If you're looking for free audiobooks, 
um, there's two sites I'd recommend, LibriVox and Lit2Go. Now, because they're free, as you would expect, sometimes the quality is not as good as Audible, but they're free. So it's worth giving it a go. Um, they're usually read by volunteers, you see. So what might happen is you'll get chapter one read by somebody and then chapter two read by somebody completely different. And really, when you're looking at audiobooks, it's not only the book that matters, it's the narrator. We love audiobooks that are narrated by Stephen Fry or Judi Dench or any of those great British actors and actresses. They're always a winner. Um, where did we start? I think with audiobooks, we started with Paddington Bear. That's always a good place to start. And Winnie the Pooh, if you've got little kids. Right, so the next thing that you can do, you've got a baby, um, you're starting to get into a routine, you've, you're doing a little bit of educational work with screens and audiobooks. What else can you do? What could they be doing while they're listening to the audiobook? Have you considered subscription boxes? We started getting subscription boxes about um, four years ago, I think when my daughter was born. And my boys have been doing using those subscription boxes ever since. So the one that we use most commonly, which is great for younger kids, I'd say under seven, is Toucan Box. Um, and Toucan Boxes, you get like, um, you get craft, you get a craft activity to do. And they're great because if you have kids, I'd say over four or five, any, if they're comfortable reading basic English, they can do these independently. Everything you need is there, like every little button, every, uh, the glue stick, the crayons, everything, everything except scissors is included in this. You don't need to go shopping and looking for all these materials in all the different shops. Um, and we love it. We've been getting them for years. Um, and I've got a code as well if you want one box for free. And I will leave that code in the, in the, on the blog post for you. So you'll get your first box for free. And actually what I decided to do today is I want to give away some of my boxes because like I said, we've been having, we've been using them for about four years and there's a few that we never got to. So an unannounced giveaway for you guys. If you would like to win four Toucan boxes, so you get four different activities on each side with all the materials you need. This is completely unopened. I've never opened this. Um, I don't know what's inside, so <laughs> I don't know what I'm sending you. But if you would like to win Toucan box, four of these Toucan boxes, all you need to do is share this video. It's open worldwide, um, so anybody can enter, and I'll announce the winner next week on the next live video. So all you need to do is share this video. So if you're on Facebook, just share it on your Facebook page. If you're on Instagram, just do a screenshot and share it in your stories or on your main feed. But make sure, please make sure if you're entering that you tag me. Otherwise, I'll never know that you did it. So tag our Muslim homeschool in your photo, in your post, so that I know that you're entering. And you can win four of these Toucan boxes. So that's open worldwide. If you're under the age of 18, please ask parental permission before you enter. Um, another really great subscription box, which is really high quality, is Kiwi Crate. It's the same company that does Koala Crate. I think there's Tinker Crate, there's Doodle Crate. There's a whole range of them. You get these boxes delivered to your home and they, can, they teach science, engineering, um, art, geography, whatever you choose. And they range from toddler all the way through to adult. So whatever age your child is, you can use those boxes for that. Um, I've got a code as well for 30% off. I'll put that as well with all those other, 
all those other uh, links later on. But I love subscription boxes. I realize that it's not within everyone's budget. But I think if you can budget for it, it's a lifesaver to have your children have that craft, that learning experience. And it's something that they can do independently. Um, right. The next thing that you can do with little babies at home that um, still counts as learning, not only does it count, it's very effective learning, is consider outside experiences. So... Sometimes as homeschoolers, I don't know why, <laughs> we're a bit reluctant to leave our children in activities outside of the home. But there are so many out there. Sending your child to a sports camp one morning a week during the summer is not the same as sending them to school. Okay? It's not the same. You do not need to feel guilty. Instead of feeling guilt, think about all the possibilities for learning and making friends and growing as a human being that they're getting. So the option, there are loads of options. Like I mentioned, sports camps, there are tennis camps that um, go on during the summer, science camps as well if your child likes science. Think about looking at homeschool groups. If you're not already part of a homeschool group or co-op, get on Facebook Usually that is how homeschool co-ops and homeschool groups communicate is they make a Facebook group um, and they announce all the events and, and classes that they're running on Facebook. So have a look on Facebook. Ask your friends for help. This is a hard one. I know it's hard to ask for help, but what if you had a, had a friend who could take your children one morning a week and do an arts activity with them or... Um, I don't know, do a, do a writing session or teach them some geography one morning a week. That's that day sorted, isn't it? That's an incredible opportunity for you to rest, for your children to learn and something that's enjoyable for them. So think about asking for help or maybe you've got a friend who can watch your baby so that you can do something with your children. Um, I would recommend for those of you who are really lucky, um, to have a baby who sleeps in the car, or if you've got a baby who sleeps in a pushchair, use that as an opportunity. Oh my goodness, I wish I had, I think one of my babies happily slept in the pushchair out of the three. Use that as an opportunity to go out and take your children to educational experiences outside the home. So think about um, the library, the museum, they often have free classes, free group sessions going on. Um, go to, I don't know, there's, if you live near a city, there'll be loads of different free activities or paid activities that you can go to. Use that as an opportunity. Um, some children don't sleep anywhere but their pushchair. In that case, you're sorted. You can live in the library um, and use that as your chance. Now, not everybody has that possibility. I understand. You know, I was there as well. My children did not enjoy being in the car for the most part. Mm. If you have the finances, look at getting a tutor. This, you know, it, it can seem a little bit, um, we can be reluctant to get a tutor because we're paying, but it will take such a pressure off your mind, especially for things like languages where children need constant exposure to it. If you don't teach a certain subject for a long period of time, it's very likely that your children will forget that language if you don't have... Um, have those lessons regularly. So get a tutor, get a French tutor, an Arabic tutor, or whatever subject it might be, 
once a week or once a fortnight is better than nothing if you go for online tutors they tend to be cheaper so that's a tutor that will teach over Skype or something but make sure that you still monitor those classes don't just leave your kids with the screen and go off into the other room keep an eye on what's happening in that class um, and something that I should probably should have mentioned first your husbands can help and they will probably if you if you encourage them to help you in a way that they enjoy, um, it will probably be something that lasts long, a long time. So when I had my daughter, my husband took over teaching science and woodwork, two subjects that he loves. He loves teaching those subjects as well. And it was really helpful to me at that time to know that at least science was covered and some kind of craft was covered. Ask your husbands for help. And even if they can't do it every week, once a month is better than nothing. It's something. Get that help. Get that support from people around you. As well, if your kids have older siblings, get them to help as well. So this time when you just had a baby, and even this time when uh, the baby's six months old, it is a time when you should be focusing on your health and your healing and your wellness overall. Don't be tempted to squeeze some school time in during nap times because that if you do that I guarantee well I don't guarantee but it's very likely that you're not going to have time to rest if your child has maybe three naps in the day then okay maybe one of those nap times you could use for school for getting some school's work done but don't use all three you need time to rest and heal and when you rest and when you heal, you are ready for that next stage that is coming, that is not that far away, even though it might seem it, when you are ready to do more formal work. You need that time to recover and recuperate. So don't be tempted to squeeze in little nuggets of homeschooling here and there. Because also, if you haven't rested, those homeschooling sessions are not going to be effective. You're going to be grumpy, you're going to be tired, you're not going to have the enthusiasm and the smile on, the fa on your face that you need. So... Don't be tempted to squeeze in uh, learning sessions during nap time unless you've got multiple nap times spread out through the day and you can use one to do that. Or unless you know you're going to get a rest later on. So like, for example, if you know your husband is going to take over the kids and look after them when he gets home from work, then maybe you can use nap time for homeschooling. But make sure you prioritize your rest and your healing and your recuperation during that time. There will be plenty of time. There will be plenty of time for homeschooling. There will be plenty of time for formal learning, for sitting with workbooks, for sitting with, um, you know, doing, you know, projects and science things around the kitchen table at desks. There is so much time for that. But this time with a little baby, it just goes. It goes so fast. So treasure it and don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush to get busy. Don't be in a rush to... Get to that formal at work. There's a time for resting and for healing. And this is a time for readjusting. So that was the main points that I wanted to talk on today. So if I just, what I'll do is I'll go through the comments now. And remember to share this video if you want to enter that giveaway for a token box. And all of those links will be on the blog later. Or if you're watching this on the replay, they're underneath this video already waiting for you. Right, let's have a look. If I go through Instagram first, I scroll up to the top. Walaikum um, salam. 
Walaikum salam. Mashallah. So many people on here. Right. Um, okay, we're not getting any comments. Oh, here we go. Can you recommend some documentaries or educational TV content that you've found helpful with your children? I mean, off the top of my head, anything by the BBC is usually good. Um, I, I, I usually find, and this is no... Uh, I don't want to offend anybody with this, but I usually find that the British documentaries are better than other ones. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the, the production company. I do find them better. Um, I think also it's worth you worth bearing in mind that what your children respond to might be different to what my children respond to. So I think you do need to take some time with this yourself and have a look. And also, of course, what you... Um, what you pay for, unfortunately, is usually better than what's free. It's not always the case, um, but it is usually. If I can think of anything later on, I'll put it on the blog post for you. Um, we love audiobooks. We often have them playing during the kids' lunch. Yeah, we do as well. So you've probably seen me playing that audio series um, by Quantum Chronicles, the Sierra series, during lunchtime. Uh, love the talk and love that you're adding the links. No, alhamdulillah, it's all good. We have just purchased, oh, you've just purchased a year with the profit. Brilliant. So that's that Sierra series I was talking about. It is brilliant. I think you can purchase, like, I think there's a few se seasons. I'm not sure how many seasons there are. It's quite a long um, series of audiobooks. So you can just purchase the first season or you can purchase the whole lot. And they do give you one episode for free so you can listen to it and see if it's something your children will enjoy. Um, what age is A Year with a Prophet suitable for? I think it's suitable for children over five years old. However, I would say that some of the, like particularly when you're talking about persecution of the Muslims during the Meccan period, that's quite, can be difficult for some sensitive kids to listen to. It's quite upsetting even for me as an adult to hear that. So if you have a sensitive child, you might want to miss out a few of the episodes at the beginning in season one um, because they can be difficult for sensitive kids. But I would say five or six onwards, five or six to maybe 14. I mean, it's, it's a very good, very um, high quality series, really nicely produced as well. If you don't like a book while listening in Audible, they change it for you. Really? I did not know that. That's an amazing service. SubhanAllah, I didn't realise that. Um, right. Walaikum salam. Love your videos. So inspirational. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. Thank you for taking the time. Most of the time my kids are bored and myself confused on what can be done. My kids are three and two. If your children are three and two... They're still babies. They're still little. Like, you don't expect a three-year-old and a two-year-old to do very much more than playing. Okay? So what you can expect from your children who are three and two is to play. If you get anything else but play out of them, then that's amazing. But don't expect it to last for any significant length of time. Find activities that they can do that are play-based. Um, you can learn your letters and your numbers by games. I've talked previously about how we used to put magnetic letters in the bath and then the kids would fish them out with a, um, 
with a, a paper clip on the end of a string. And then as you pull it out, you say the letter. There's so many games you can play to teach um, alphabets or numbers or uh, learn about the prophet, peace be upon him, or learn anything you're, you feel is important for your children to learn. Just Google it, go on Pinterest, play-based activities, games to learn, whatever it is you want to learn. You can't expect a three-year-old or two-year-old to sit and focus in the way you would expect an older child to. I don't think you should expect uh, that kind of learning, that kind of um, focus, even on a craft or anything, until maybe the age of four or five, if that. It really is dependent on the children. So when your children are little like that, three and two, remember they're still babies um, and you should be expecting play and anything else is a bonus. Is there any app you use for audiobooks? Yeah, we use the Audible app. So you can listen to Audible on your phone or on your iPad or your tablet or on your laptop. Um, it's very versatile that way. I could listen to you all day. Oh, <laughs> Right, let's see what's going on on Facebook. Oh, we've got loads of comments going on here. Walaikum salam. Walaikum salam. My baby is four months old. Yes, it's hard. Yeah, four months old is a tricky age because... They, they're more demanding at four months old, aren't they, than when they were really, really little. Yeah, I know. And you're not getting enough sleep at that age either. It is a, it's a tricky age. A um, lot of lovely support. Watching documentaries together as a family is a joyful session in our homeschool. Oh, that's amazing. Brilliant. 21st Century Children by Sue Palmer is a great video. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so if we Google that... Will we find that, Alma's Journeys? If we Google 21st Century Children by Sue Palmer, apparently there's a video we can watch. So that sounds interesting. Right. Um, oh, there's another comment just popped on. Right. I think we're good. I think we've got all the comments. So final uh, comment before we leave. Don't forget to enter that giveaway to win a token box. Just share it with your friends. We've got four activities in here. It's open worldwide. Share this video on Instagram or Facebook. And tag me so that I know you've entered. Please tag me. Um, the next video, the next broadcast next week, Sunday the 20th of January. That will be how to run your home like a boss. How to run your home like it's a business. I'm going to be talking about being efficient. I'm going to be talking about time management, meal planning. How to, how to get those jobs done efficiently and effectively that need to be done so that you can focus on whatever it is, whatever activity that is most important to you. So next week, next Sunday, 10 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time here on Instagram and Facebook, how to run your home like a boss. So I hope that I will see you there. Thank you to everyone who's popped on here live and left comments. Um, it's great. It's great to connect with you. I'm so grateful for you all. I see those of you who are regular and I appreciate you, you being here today. Um, and I hope that you guys have a great Sunday and I will see you next week. Asalaamu Alaikum.